0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Jürgen, first of all, I just wonder if you've been given any clear idea in the last couple of hours as to whether or not Alisson, Fabinho and Firmino will be available to play. And could you even go as far as taking the risk in playing them and then dealing with the fallout afterwards? Um, no. um a little bit that uh, i know but not only since uh, last few hours that bobby will not be available but that is because the injury he had um, in the last game um and well rest now. Uh, but it's a it's really really it's a really difficult situation and um it's really tricky for all the clubs and um and um players especially because we should not forget in this moment um that the players wanted to play these games the clubs Wanted to let the, the players go, but it was just not possible. So, uh, I think nobody would have told us or would have expected that we just say, Yeah, go there, and then we will sort it while you are away. And maybe the, 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 it's likely that you come home and have to go 10 days in a quarantine hotel. Um, so, that's uh, that's a problem what we had. So, we couldn't do that. But now it looks like, in the end, with all the, the things what happened in the moment. The, the, the real punishment get the players because they they can play. That's that's what they do. That's what they love to do. And of course the clubs as well. But let's put push that aside for a moment. For the players, and that's really that that's really not okay. We didn't decide um, that the players have to go. The, the world lives in a, is is in a pandemic. We all are still. Um, in some moments it looks like it's not, but. In other moments, we, we, we get always reminded, and that's good, because we have to be really on top of that um, until the, the end of the pandemic. But the football players um, so far got very often uh, exemptions, and that, does, that that didn't lead to any spread or whatever mm-hmm. in, in the cities when, when a football gear, a player uh, was positive, which did happen from time to time, obviously, but because of all the things we do to, during the week, with all the things, how often we get tested, how early we get knowledge about it, that's completely different to, to the normal society out there. If we, we get tested three times a week, so and um, that means that we have it, and then maybe the next day, someone will have a test and then we know it, and then we, maybe we, are, in, we are in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So it didn't happen a lot, but there was no solution for that. And the only thing what the FIFA and Comeball did together, they decided. Um, We not only have an international break, that's clear. that's games, but let me put in another match day. We should not forget that there was. A, they played this morning at 1:30, and Brazil. By the way, in our case, it's Brazil, and other team and for other clubs are it's other countries. But you know, Brazil won, won all three games in that international break. But still, there's complaints to the FIFA, and the FIFA tells us now that we are obviously in the moment. I don't know exactly what's going on in the moment. That we cannot play the players. When we, well, before the last international break, we had that meeting with, I, I had that meeting with Arsene Wenger, and unfortunately, I don't know the name of the other guy of the FIFA, uh, but we had a meeting when they showed me the, the plans for the, for the World Cup. surely sure you want to talk about that later. Um, and when, in that moment, I got the message from our guys, there's no exemption from, from the government for the players. And all three people in the room agreed, yeah. Of course, then the players cannot go. So, and now we have that situation. So, this is the this is the situation, and we don't know, still don't know what we who we can line up at the weekend, but that's the smallest problem of all the problems because in next time we don't know how, how the pandemic develops, there are maybe. 10, 15 other countries on a red list. I hope it's not the case, but we we cannot um, ignore that it's it's possible. And if that happens, then the same problem, again, with all the players and we still think, then, okay, the clubs and the players have to to, um, get the punishment in the end for something we are absolutely not influential in. And that's for sure not right. So even with this situation still unresolved, Jurgen, I wonder just how relieved you are after this international break because you had a very different situation to deal with uh, as regards Naby Keita, and a couple of days ago as well, the injury situation could have looked a little bit worse as well. Yeah, but what happened in, in Guinea, of course, is um, so Naby's here, Naby's well. Uh, that's all fine, but of course, um, it's not. Uh, it's not good as well, so but we, we again, we are not influential there. We tried what we what we what we could do to bring the players out as quick as possible together with other clubs. Obviously Ray Huffman did an incredible job in the club and um, was organizing together with other people from other clubs, um the flight in the end, we, the, the the European players could leave the country, um but in three weeks' time, there's the next international break, and nobody knows how it will be there. That's true. And with virtually yes, virtually is fine, virtually trained yesterday. Um, and it's fine. All the other players who came back from international duties are fine as well. OK. Thank you, Vinny. I've got everyone I can take, really, in the open section, by the way, now. So apologies we've put hands up and I can't get to you. In order, Damien, followed by Juliet, James from Talksport, James from Merseyside, Karl Markham from Press Association, but uh, Damien next from Premier League Productions. Hello there. Um, you mentioned Virgil van Dijk there, and um, I just wondered what your thoughts were when you, you heard about him going down, and perhaps saw him going down in the game for Holland, uh, given his injury track record over the last year or so. I wouldn't say to, I'm not sure about it, I would say rather track record had one injury. It was a rough. This was a, a really a difficult one, and a completely different challenge for the challenge there. Um, and um, yeah, I saw it, and of course I was concerned. But then my broadcaster switched off, and uh, so I was in contact with my assistant who watched it, I think, on, on Dutch TV, and I asked him, is he okay, and he just it back, not sure. It was not a good moment, but pretty quick after the game, Virgil sent thumbs up, and so it was all fine. Uh, what are what are the unique challenges that Leeds United will pose uh, in front of a you know a, an authentic full house at Elland Road? Yeah, everybody tells me that that atmosphere must be absolutely outstanding. So I'm um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so that's that's good. Um, um, so we have some people who can tell us how it is, how it will be with Millie and 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 Jack Robinson. So that's that's good. Um, but the, the 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 game itself is already tricky. We saw it in the last two games we played against them. So uh, it was the first time for me in playing Leeds. Um, and was really exciting both games um, so they have obviously a specific way of playing football, of playing the game um, with a strict man-marking um, philosophy or idea um, in defending and very, very flexible and very um, brave very dynamic in possession so um, it's a really good football team um, and yeah, we have to be at our best to get something there The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Thank you, Damien. We'll go to Juliet from the BBC and then follow Juliet with James from Talk. Hey, Jürgen, you're okay. Um, I'm trying to get an understanding of the situation as it stands right now. And you mentioned about, you found out when you were talking to Arsene Wenger and and there's been talks about the World Cup changing that too. Um, It's... The football calendar, you've spoken about that in the past as well as reducing that because of the workload on the players. In a way, does this mess sort of present itself with an opportunity to try and find a solution to, to all these situations and to make it easier going forward because of the world that we've lived in in the last two years? There's no, there's no other sport in the world, I'm pretty sure, with such a relentless calendar. Um, not No physical no physical sport, it's nowhere. Uh, whatever you do, uh, there are more, more demanding sports in the world, whatever, light athletics, marathon runs, all these kinds of things, of course, but they don't run 20 or 30 or 40 a year. Um, of course not. And um, other physical sports are not have don't have this, Kevin. So we all know why it's happening. We all know that. it's um, Whatever people say, um, that it's about um, giving different countries an opportunity. That's why we have more teams now at the World Cup, for example, that other that countries from wherever can play the World Cup as well, these kind of things. But in the end, it's all about money. That's how it is. So that's fine. I don't say we, we, we do it not because of money. We do because we love it. That's why we started it. But of course, we get a, we get a lot loads of money as well. So that's clear that as the Premier League and the clubs. But in the end, what, at one point, somebody has to start Understanding that without the players, the most important ingredients of this wonderful game, we cannot play it. So that's how it is. So, whoever thinks is more important than the players is the, I don't know, the FIFA, the UEFA, the, the Germans here, the, players, the, the, the the sporting directors there, the managers. So nobody's more important than the players. So, but we just deal with them. Like, imagine when, when we, if that would be the case that every two years now uh, there will be a World Cup. Then we can be 100 sure. <laughs> that it's every two years a European Championship as well. So that means for top class players they just play every year a big tournament. Every year. so um, that means they have in a if it's possible a three week break every year. And now you tell me in a physical very demanding sport an explanation from people out there in I don't know, in forums or stuff like that, but they earn that much. That has nothing to do with that because there's only one body they have, and that's what they have to use. So that's the situation. But it's always that all, all things which were, um, came up in the last few years as new ideas or a reform or whatever, were always about <laughs> more games. It was never. That, years ago, there was already in England when we spoke about the Nations League. So because there are too many, I I read that today, I think Antonio said there are too many meaningless football games. There's no problem about a meaningless football game. Yes, but better if it's meaningless, don't play it. But if you have only competition like Nations League now, when when all managers are under pressure and want to qualify for whatever they can qualify or want to win the Nations League, that's really, really difficult. We're making only competition. We have never time for a preseason with the with the core, with the, with the key players of the squad. They never have a pre-season. They can never prepare for the season. They have to play without a break. That's really not, that's not right. In the long term, for sure, not. We did that in the last couple of years, but it's I can but we see we speak we spoke about that um obviously um very often already. And I say pretty much always the same. But, it's absolutely not important what I say, obviously, because nobody listens. There are uh, really um, the fights going on. For example, just to say that nobody thought about the players when they decided at FIFA and that the last game of this 3 games run is Friday morning, our time, 1.30. And the next game could have been Saturday. The only thing they expect, of course, they cannot play that game, but they don't care. They just don't care. If we would have played, we play now Sunday. So if they come back this afternoon, they cannot play. So nobody cares about that. It's always one main interest, and all the rest is not interesting. There must be a point when UEFA, FIFA, and all the other confederations sit together and start thinking about a game, um, about the game, and not only about their benefit. But I'm already 54. I'm not sure I will be alive when that happens. Thank you, Jills. Uh, I'm afraid I've only got time for one from everybody else before we go to the first breakout. And even apologies to people in the dailies. I can only take three or four in there as well In the breaks. We've got a Sunday session. Let's go to James and talk Jürgen, when are you expecting to get some clarity on whether Allison or Fabinho can play on Sunday? And, and moving forward, what do you see... The solution being because we've got two more breaks before Christmas. When it comes to players traveling to red list countries, uh, I, I have no idea when I get um, when I can expect a solution. We will see. Um, I don't know in a moment when I have to make a decision about it. To be honest, so there will be a moment today. The training session obviously would be a very important one. Would be nice to train with the team. Uh, I want to play on the, on, on Sunday. We will see um so, a solution. So because of the World Cup coming up and the World Cup qualifiers will obviously have to be played, I think. There are only two solutions. Either we we say, okay, we we make kind of a set list for the World Cup and say, come on, these teams like Brazil or Argentina, they, they are qualified anyway every year. So let them go to the World Cup. Um, and in Europe, obviously, the same for some teams. It's not the nicest for competition, I know. And the only other solution we have is obviously um, exemption from the government. So, uh, and it's now again, I can understand people say I cannot travel, but they are allowed to travel. Just to describe again the life we live. We live in bubbles. We live in a moment. It's again home, training ground, training ground, home. So done. That's a bubble, and when they move to the to the to the national teams, as far as we know, at least it's exactly the same. So they're there in a bubble. So we are not part of normal life. That's why it worked. These kind of things worked really well. We had the European Championship in the summer, and it worked quite well. So it's not that the numbers increase now, and we had people in the stadium, but we talk we talk about these twenty-two players on the pitch plus fifty. I don't know all together around. Um, that they would be a risk. They are, of course, not. They are, of course, not. So we have to make, at one point, somebody has to make a decision. Otherwise, we just move that that problem from one international break to the next. And I I cannot decide that, obviously, but it's not okay that in the end, then only the players and the clubs um, get punished for it because we had nothing to do with neither nor. And that's it. Okay, thank you. We'll go to James now for BBC for one, then Carl for one, and that will finish the Open, and then I can take three or four in the uh, daily breakout. James. Yeah, again, um, just away from the uh, situation with the Brazilian players, can I just ask a general question, please, about the transfer window, because that we've not had chance to talk to you since that closed. Just generally speaking, how uh, how do you feel about the, the business you did during the transfer window? Yeah. Um, Good, all okay. We um sold some players and we brought Evo in. We sold some players, we gave some players on loan to give them more um more the possibility to get some games. Um, so all good. Is that it, James? Yep, thank you very much. Yep. Okay, <laughs> we'll go to Carl, Carl, Carl from the BBC, uh, sorry, Carl from the Press Association, this Gave you a uh, new job. Wow. Hi again. We, we saw um, Trent Alexander-Arnold playing in midfield for England during the international break. Um, I'm not sure how much worthy experiment that was, but just has it ever been a, a long-term consideration for you or would it be in the future? If you watch our games, you'll see that Trent's position already changed. Um, um, not in all games, but in games when it's possible, then it, it, the position changed already, so there's no need to make him now a midfield player. It's a little bit of a shame that we talk still in 2021 like this about football and thing. But I play there, and footballs are players play everywhere, especially good players are very much everywhere. So Trent is not very often on the left wing. That's true, but on the right wing he was already everywhere on the pitch. Um, in this game, in a game where England is that dominant. For example, when England is that dominant or when we are that dominant, then Trent could play midfield. Definitely, I would rather think than the six, than in this case the eight. Um, and But that's possible. But why would you make the best right back in the world a midfielder? As said, I, I don't understand that really. It's as if the, midfield, the right back position is not as important as the others. When people say that, I, I, I struggle really to, to understand how you could think that. Can you be everybody thinks because he plays 10 or some people think because he plays 10 yards further up on the pitch, he would be more influential? (laughs) Being more influential than Trent Alexander Arnold in the last I don't know how long he's playing now for me um, is really tricky, and you have to be yeah, you you need to have a proper look to find somebody. So he he plays the right position, we we adapt and we try to use his skill set, absolutely, but in the end. The right back is the one who defends the right side, and he's doing that really well. And all the rest, when we have the ball, yeah, we use him as good as we can. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.